On this episode of Guys Talking Sports, uh, we talk about the game one debacle, of course, again, John uh, Smith and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and their disastrous run during the championship. We also discuss potential trade spots or landing spots for free agency, upcoming NBA, and we also talked about uh, uh, Colangelo and the Burner Council uh, Twitter. And we briefly touched on a few other things in the NFL. So, Come on in, give it a listen. What's up, everybody? And I'd like to welcome you guys to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with my co-host, Al E. What's good, fellas? What's good? Another day, living the, living the dream. I'm on a caffeinated high, so I'm ready to get started. <laughs> I'll pass some of that uh, that caffeine love this way, because this water sure is all ain't nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, I know I've been out on assignment the last two weeks doing It did it again. What just happened? <laughs> it flickered again. <laughs> it flickered again. Like literally, it flickered again. Mike, see if you could change your audio to um the computer. Or the video of the computer. Mm. There you go. There you go. You hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as crystal clear, but definitely hear you now. Okay. All right. So, as you can see, the Thursday night shenanigans and the jinx thing that's been going on. So, we need to limit these Thursday nights. Get back on a regular schedule day. Man, you gotta start smoking them trees, man. It's for getting through. <laughs> um. Interesting. I'm still here with you guys, right? We can say hey. Okay, exactly. Um, so yes, I have been on the side of traveling, doing all God knows well, graduation parties, graduating. Oh, it's been a heck of two weeks. But nonetheless, I'm back. I'm here to talk about some NBA finals and I know I missed the uh the initial game one uh recap. So I guess in my two cents, I guess I'll go ahead and say J.R. Smith, how dare you? How dare you uh, have such a blunder in such a critical situation knowing that you needed to have the perfect storm in order to beat Golden State and your little mishap, your little, just take it right back up to the hole, get fouled, make a free throw, time would have expired, something. And I blame Ty Lue too, because he had a timeout and did nothing with it. But you know, enough of that. You know, just we could just be belittled and talked about for days. There's no no need to rehash it. But I knew from that point where they played the perfect game that they needed to play to win the game, and it got taken from them. That the series was pretty much done. Yeah, we already said our piece about the first couple of games. Um, I don't think there's no more to be said, at least from my end. I don't know about Earl, but I, you know, 
I don't have nothing to say at this point. I will say kudos for Tyrone Luke finally putting Rodney Hood in the game um, <laughs> because that goes to show you that if you put – I mean, at least put some fresh faces in, see what they can do. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say. I hope they put – give Rodney Hood more time. To be honest, take some time away from J.R. Smith. Um, maybe do something – I mean, redo things with Kyle Korver and put in Seti Osman. You know, put in some other people that haven't gotten the time to run, see what they could do. I mean, using the same squad over and over, that's not really producing, ain't going to really help anything. So that's just my take on it. Um, uh, is, I think the series is a wrap at this point. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Can never count out LeBron like you guys said all the time. So, Yeah, it disappointed me. I, I thought game three was going to be the game that they were going to kind of, you know, at least win. I thought they are they had a long shot at beating the squad, um, you know, in the seven-game series. But I thought they would at least make it competitive, maybe do like five, maybe push it to six if, you know, they got game three. Maybe they can sneak game four. Maybe they can sneak one in, in, in the Oracle Arena. But, you know, after last night when you had uh, Steph and Clay <laughs> having bad shooting nights and Steph couldn't hit anything, what was he like one for a like like one for sixteen or something like that from three point land? I mean, just couldn't hit hit Jack Skimmity. But you got but you got Katie in there dropping the forty three and hit the dagger three, you know, to kind of put the game up by like six. I mean, I mean when you have him basically carrying a load and and, and truth be told, these games are not complete blowouts except for game two where it got bad in the fourth quarter. Game one and game three have not been blowouts. It's been actually somewhat competitive. But, you know, LeBron just doesn't have Kyrie. You know, I'm going to put it right out there. He does not have Kyrie in there. And I know we had this conversation months ago about who got the better to trade, whether it was Boston or whether it was Cleveland Cavaliers. Still still with the long run? I believe Boston because Cleveland needed Kyrie more than Boston needed Kyrie in this in this playoff run, and I think if Boston would have made it to the to the finals, I think it would have been much much more competitive because um, Boston is definitely a much better defensive team than Cleveland is, and would have been able to front and not let them slip them picks, and not have those you know open lanes to the hole. So, I mean, I am. I'm with you, Ace. It's a wrap. I maybe they um, maybe they try to uh, you know wrap it up on in the Cleveland home court, and maybe you know LeBron has another 50 point game to get him over the hump, and then they're going to lose lose an Oracle. I can't see them coming back from 3-0 beating this squad. I mean, they can't. They, he's came back from 3-1, but he had Kyrie. He ain't got him now, and the guys he got on that on that bench in that squad. Mm. Well, here's the question I have for you. Do you – and, again, this brings back to my, my whole thing. LeBron is going to be LeBron no matter what. So you're basically telling me that like, right now you don't have any trust on the rest of the, his teammates to at least get one win, one game win out of this series? I think they can get one game. Um, I think they might get game four. I think that um, – Golden State has a tendency, no matter who they play, to just have those those you know those wood games where they just it's you know it's just a crapshoot and they just come out there flat 
and they get blitzed and they just give it up. So I can definitely see them having that that that, that clunker game, game four. LeBron stays off being swept, you know, on his own home court, and then they go to Oracle and the ceiling falls on them, and <laughs> and that's it. I think they can get one out of this. They should be able to get one, because if not. <laughs> if he gets, well, we can get that to later. But if he gets swept, Lord, I, I mean, they're already covering for him right now. But if the man gets swept, mm-hmm. what do you think, Ace? He has no faith. LeBron said it best today in his interview. Yesterday, he said that it's like playing the Patriots. You have to play a clean, efficient basketball game, minimal mistakes. You have to everything has to be perfect. They did that game one. And one thing didn't happen to be perfect. And when that one thing, that one miss up, sent the game overtime, everything fell through. And from that point on, the series would be a lot different if it was two one as opposed to three oh. And LeBron LeBron, I don't know what more LeBron can do except for clone himself and put himself in every position and then possibly try to play the, you know, play the game. There's just no way. I mean, his – I would like to say that his – no, it's sad to say that his supporting cast when he went to his first NBA final against San Antonio was probably better than the supporting cast that he has now. And <laughs> – that's a toss-up. <laughs> Man, at least he had an inside kick. I forget his um, old boy, the, the point guard. This is the best thing that he ever had. I forget his name um, um, at the time. But, I mean, he had, uh, he, had a couple, he had a couple players, but that squad is better than this squad. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. It's hard to explain. I mean, he willed them in the first round. He just into Rocco's heads in the second round. He did what he had to do with Boston in the third round. If Boston was a little bit more experienced or, like you said, had a Kyrie, it possibly would have ended the series with six. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but this time around, he doesn't even necessarily need two sidekicks. Man, he just needs somebody that's going to that's going to step up for him. At least one different person every year. He hasn't had that. I mean, he I, he need he needed Jeff Green type of performance in Game Seven versus Boston. He needed somebody like that for every game in this season. And even with that, there's no lock that Cleveland can sit there and pull off again. It's unfortunate. He need they, he need not play Golden State in the finals anymore. That's what it is. <laughs> well, then I, I blame Chris Paul for getting hurt because Houston Houston probably would have won that series if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. And to be honest, I don't think it wouldn't matter who came out the West. I think the way that whoever came out the West think we still would end up with the same result, whether it was Golden State or whether it's Houston. Y'all may think that Houston, I mean Cleveland had would have a better chance of beating Houston? I don't think so. I think if Houston would have made it in the finals, I think that it would come out with the same results in five or four, four or five games, Tops. Uh, I agree. 
And then Elba, it's plain, there's evidence to see that um, in Houston, when they're not knocking down threes, they're just not an efficient, efficient squad. I mean, yeah, they still get points. No, no, but their defense will lock it down. And well, I think they're, they're, no, they're, to be honest, they're, I think they're a better defensive team than Golden State, me personally. I got to – if anything, I got to give Cleveland uh, some credit because they've been playing better defense in the postseason than they did all the regular season. Are you serious? Wait, 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 is not known for their defense. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm just saying they're playing better defense now in the postseason than they did regular season. And, and the only reason why they're playing better defense – oh, wait, wait. The only reason why they're playing better defense is because of the Eastern teams that they played against in the playoffs. Like this, don't 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 get it. You know, Cleveland is is an average defensive team. They're not good by any stretch of the means, and that's including with LeBron James there. They was, I mean, they may be getting their act together, but they were poor. Now they they're average. They're not good. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, they're good. I just said they're playing better defense. Oh, okay. All right. Then I, I'll, I'll concede to that. Defense. I'll concede to that. Okay. All right, I'll concede that. They they were piss poor all season, yes. Given up, I think they were averaging somewhere between one fifteen and one twenty. Okay, uh, a game, and I think now they're somewhere between one hundred and one hundred five. So I mean, there's a fifteen point swing, and they're playing Golden State. You know, I guess uh, they're somewhere still within that one fifteen, one twenty range. I guess you know, due to overtime and stuff, but um, yeah, I. I feel sorry for Cleveland. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure where LeBron might end up. I, I, I'd be very hard-pressed. Well, not hard-pressed from my I would be very surprised if uh, LeBron said, you know what, I'm just going to finish out the season. Um, I don't know. If he wants to stat, if he wants to stuff his stats and, you know, be the leading, you know, person in all these categories and, yeah, stay at Cleveland. He's all about winning championships. He's, to me personally, in game three, you know, you could just see that his face, you know, on the <laughs> on the sidelines in the game, especially when uh, Kevin Durant hit that three. You can see it in his face. He, he had mentally checked out. He, he, he was done. He just well, knew in his heart of hearts that he couldn't beat them. The only thing he could hope for is not to get swept. <clears throat> I, I, I couldn't believe that the squad that LeBron had with Della Dover that one year probably was a better squad. The first year they went to the championship against Golden State when both Love and Kyrie was out. From a team standpoint, probably is better than this squad that they have now. Without question. Without question. Yeah. Because Della Vadova, I mean, Della Vadova alone him by himself would be if he was still playing with Cleveland, he would probably be the second argument between the second and third best player after LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like you would put him in the middle, you would put him in the conversation of the next the second best player on a Cleveland team with between him and Kevin Love. And I, you know, I guess and that's scary. <laughs> correct. And you know, Delhi thinking that he probably would never be that dude in Cleveland, you know, decided to go to Milwaukee. And I kind of wish he would have stayed in Cleveland because he really showed his medal. But, I mean, he, 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 got to, he wanted to get paid. So, like, you can't blame him. Yeah. As I was going to say, I thought um, Milwaukee made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Right, right. 
And he's still coming off the bench. But, you know, where they know that. <laughs> no, a lot of people got play, got paid off of that finals. Like, in between Delhi, um, Timothy Mozgov, you know, they, they there was people that got paid that really shouldn't have gotten paid, but they got paid, you know, are all stressing me. I mean, look at the, Mozgov, Delhi, uh, Della Vadova, Tristan Thompson now, J.R. Smith, um, to make a case for Iman Shompert, you know, like that group of people was really the heart and soul that LeBron was like, yeah, you need to pay this, these guys. Or um, with Delia Mozgov, you know, they got it because teams saw what he did, what they did in the finals. Right. I'm just curious because he got all these other people, you know, you know, paid in contracts. I mean, he went to the he went to the racks of J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson was yeah. barking at, you know, Dan Gilbert for not for not um for taking so long to give Tristan Thompson a contract, which which I thought was he was being pre- very prudent by not giving Tristan Thompson that money. I thought he was being even more prudent by not forking up that cash to J.R. Smith. LeBron James barked at him. He acquiesced, gave him the money, signed these long, long-term contracts, giving him no cap room. And LeBron James, funny thing, only signed that one-year extension with the one-year opt-out fee, so he didn't even commit himself long-term because how are you going to give all those other guys contracts and then you sign a, a max contract, but you have no money to do anything else. So in my hey. mind, I think he was going to bounce regardless, but you strap Cleveland to the point where he's going to bounce unless they trade him or do a sign and trade and get something in return. But who knows? I mean, his relationship with Dan Gilbert, he might just say, I'm out, a walk. And to be honest, that's why I can't, you know, I can't feel sorry for Cleveland at this point. I can't feel, you know, I, I know people, you know, they feel sorry about the roster and everything. I can't because, on all honesty, this is the roster that you guys constructed. I mean, from the jump, you had a team of, like, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, all those guys. And then when it didn't work out, instead of them trying to fix the relationship to get everything on – get everybody on the same page, you end up just completely dismantling the team during, in midseason to bring in this team. So, to be honest with you, like, you can't get upset. People can't talk about the roster being not as good. They made this roster. You know what I'm saying? They did everything in their power to get this roster midseason. So there can't be no complaints when you don't have – when you have these people here who don't have the playoff experience, who are not veterans that you, you're used to playing with to try to make it all the way to the finals and win an NBA championship. And to be honest, I give Cleveland – kudos for staying pat with not trading that pick that they have in this upcoming draft because if they would have done that they would have completely caved in to LeBron because they would have tried to do everything in their power to try to get another mega superstar on the team to try and get LeBron to stay and you don't have no commitment in what he's going to do this offseason like I said and we all talked about that trade that pick I said unless he was Committed to staying long term, you keep the pick. Now, um, switching gears a little bit, not switching off the basketball, but two points. I know I shared an article with you guys. I know we had some discussion about uh, Boston and their love affair with uh, Anthony Davis and the, uh, the possibilities of how. 
the Celtics could land a, a, an Anthony Davis and that piece would be Kyrie. And also, I want to touch on the Chris Paul wanting a max contract, but then Houston also saying that they're trying to go max contract with Paul George. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even know how it's possible, but you guys can pick and choose which one you want to touch on first. Uh, but I'm curious to hear what you feel about that. Um, I don't know where you want to go. Either one of you just, just kind of chime in and give me a take. I'm curious if Anthony Davis can he even pull that off with Anthony Davis? Does he actually want to leave where he's at? And that was that was my whole thing. Like, why would New Orleans, why would the New Orleans Pelicans trade Anthony Davis and get something in return? Unless the only way I could see that possibly happen in regards with Boston is if they give away a Kyrie Irving, a Jason Tatum, and maybe Al Horford. Or why something they, to that extent. But why would that leave uh, three players to get one All-Star? You're already giving up the All-Star for an All-Star. Because the Pelicans are saying, we're not giving up Anthony Davis unless we get equal value. And for what they think Anthony Davis is as a mega star, a top three, maybe four player in the league, you know, they want something with just as matters value in return. And I just don't see the, the Pelicans – saying, Anthony, anything outside of, like, two or three all-stars and an up-and-coming superstar. I, I I just don't see them making that move. Why would they? Make a trade for Anthony Davis unless they get in at least two all-stars and an up-and-coming star. And some, I, I just don't see them making that type of move. And if Anthony – unless Anthony Davis is disgruntled in New Orleans – I just don't see them doing that. I see them making a big offer, an extension, doing everything in their power to keep Anthony Davis there. And to be honest, I haven't heard any grumblings for it otherwise for Anthony Davis to leave, want to leave. Yeah, I because because that scenario, you're you're asking for a, a, a straight up, you know, one to one Anthony Davis to Kyrie Irving. And if I'm if I'm the Pelicans, I wouldn't do it. A because you're not even really sure how Demarcus Cousins is going to come back from his injury. Two, you give rid of – let's say they do send Anthony Davis to Boston. Boston, and they get Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is still iffy, and Marcus Cousin is still iffy. Now you're stuck. Yeah, and to be honest, I see them trading DeMarcus Cousins before they do Anthony Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis not going anywhere. That's, that's their that's their star. That's the one that's, that's bringing people to the, to the seats. And especially since they traded for Miritic and brought him in, and then they've been playing lights out ever since. So, to be honest, that makes DeMarcus Cousins even more expendable. Now, whether they trade him or not, that's completely up to them. But if they do trade him, they could do a sign-and-trade and, or, you know, do some type of trade where it equals both teams. But I don't see them getting rid of Anthony Davis, not their, not their number one star. Now, I could see – a situation where maybe a trade for DeMarcus Cousins with a Kyrie and maybe some other ancillary players. Jason Tatum is not going anywhere. Jalen Brown is not going anywhere. Al Horford is expendable if you can get DeMarcus Cousins because now you got that bruiser enforcer down low to go into the East. 
the battle up against um, Joel Embiid, and we saw Joel Embiid get slightly punked, <laughs> slightly punked by Al Horford in the playoffs. So you want to see, I I can see them trying to go after Demarcus Cousins if they can see Demarcus Cousins coming back, but then the Pelicans going to want to see what Kyrie has. So, like you said, anything's possible. They it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, and I think it's going to be this season is going to be a season of a lot of big trades and big free agents going to different teams. So, what what do you guys take on this? Uh, Paul George to Houston. Chris Paul wants the match contract. Houston going hard after Paul George. I don't see it. The only way I see it is if they get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract. Contract. That's the only way. Until they get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract, no one they can't get a mega star to come there. And even if that's and even if that was the case, I, I the whole Chris Ball not asking for a max. If he asks for a max, it's going to be even more difficult for them to try and land like a LeBron James or or a Paul George. I mean, it's, it's I just don't see that happening. You you know, unless they're in some type of they're in some talks, you know, having secret meetings to say, okay, I'll do this amount if you come down or whatever the case may be. I. I I, I, the money is not there right now in Houston. I know Daryl Morey will, will pay the luxury tax to get whoever he can get, but I just don't see it feasible if they got Ryan Anderson's contract still there. Until they get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract, I just don't see nobody else coming there. Unless uh, unless Chris Paul talks to his boy and be like, I take a little less, you take a little less, we coming together, but LeBron James already said no more no more discounts. And Chris Paul now saying no more discounts because he wants the max. So it'll be very interesting to see how they play it out, but I just don't – it's not feasible right now. So hold up. So I guess that's why Philly can do the max because they got so many young players. Exactly. But On they, their rookie contracts. Yeah, but they're, they would have to almost gut their bench. Not really, because they can. Because JJ Redick is on a one-year contract, and he was like paid twenty-something, twenty mil for that one year. So yeah, they don't have to re-sign him, and they could get that money, use that money to get a, a max player there. So they don't really have to gut their bitch. They could do a couple of things, but they're not. That's why Philly is now more an attractive situation because you got two stars who are on rookie salaries at this point which makes it easier for a megastar that want to come there. They don't really have to worry about finagling or getting rid of half of their team. No, but you're still going to have to get rid of some of that, some of that bench to get them there. And the question is what you're going to have left once you be able to pull that off. Cause I saw the numbers and like you said, JJ Reddick might be a casualty of war. Two other people that they signed this off season will be a casualty of war and maybe a few other people just to get up to the LeBron James super max contract based on his years. It's doable, but what team are you going to have left once you do it? Or better, let me phrase that. Who are you going to have there left <laughs> see, once see, you do it? What, what, what the NBA needs to do, they need to get smart like, like how MLB does, you know, with all these guaranteed contracts. You know, baseball, you know, teams assign these players to these ridiculous seven-year – 200 whatever million dollar contract and then they'll realize that case of point handed Ramirez I think he still has for Boston I think he still has two or three years left on his deal I guarantee 
the way Boston went ahead and did that, you know, if they were giving him 18, 20, 22 million dollars a year, they said, all right, we'll part ways, we'll give you 15 million now, and we're going to backload the hell out of that contract. I mean, they're going to pull up Bobby Bobby Benia in the Mets, where Bobby Benia is still at this time right now. Is he still, still on the Mets? Still getting a million dollars a year from the Mets. But I mean, to me, a team like Cleveland, that's the only way that things will make sense. Like, okay, we'll let you go. We'll give you X amount of dollars right now, but we're just going to backload a contract where we're just going to pay you a million dollars every year until that contract is up. But the NBA does have that. That's what the buyouts is for. Because when free agents get bought out of their contract, mm-hmm. they, they um, whatever amount they do it, they do it on a yearly basis until it's completely paid off. And mm-hmm. while and allows them to go to any team that, you know, that they want, they choose. That is true. Because listen, Allen Houston signed that $100 million contract and was still getting paid by the Knicks uh, up yep. until a couple of years ago. Yep. Well, see, and then that, if that's the case, then Cleveland's going to have to take a hard look in the mirror if they want to sit there and say, you know what, we want to keep LeBron. We want to be able to bring somebody else in. Maybe if, uh, if Chris Paul wants a max contract, then maybe, hey, look, you could, you got to cut bait with, J.R., Shumpert, uh, all these other high-priced bums that they have on this squad. <laughs> and you're going to have to do it that way in order to get these last contracts coming in if, if Cleveland wants to keep LeBron. But LeBron already knows that it's going to be difficult to move those type of players. That's why he's chose to move himself, which is why he chose the player option that he did. Because once he put them in that position – it's going to be difficult now to, for any team to say, you know what, I'm going to take a look at J.R. Smith and see if I'm going to trade to get him. Um, or I'm going to look at Tristan Thompson. His contract may be at a, you know, maybe high, but I may take a look at – there's no team that's going to look for those guys. They're, to be honest, they're literally stuck with those contracts or will be stuck at least until the final year of their contract. Well, then that's when you do that, the whole thing you're talking about, the buyout. Yeah. Buy them out, and then you say, look, I'm going to give you guys $2 – Every other day for the rest of y'all lives, get out of here because I got people reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They could be they they could have the NBA record for the most buyouts <laughs> in one particular season. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny. Yeah. But anywho, I know we can sit here and talk NBA forever. I know we're almost coming up with time. Um, I wanted to touch base quickly on something that's slipping my mind at the moment. Um, There's a couple of things you could go with. You could go with Brian Colangelo. You could go with Edelman. Um, I don't know which one you wanted to, to, to go with, but it's, you're choosing. <laughs> uh, you know, we could talk about Colangelo. I guess we were talking about NBA, so we could wrap up, you know, uh, the Colangelo situation in Philly. I, I wonder how that will impact their free agency and folks wanting to come in and play with them, um, with the whole Colangelo thing. Uh, with the wife uh, taking a blame, you know, she taking one for the team. She created the burner accounts. <laughs> um, but I mean, if dude is shifty like that, who's to say that other people, you know, other people in the organization just isn't uh, just as shifty as this dude? So, how would this make, you know, first of all, how does it make the players on the actual team right now feel? And then how would it make other individuals who possibly might want to come to them feel, knowing that this was the environment that was going on, even though they might have gotten rid of it? 
I actually thought that he, he, he might get a pass or whatever, you know, but, you know, when I saw the news today that they kind of parted ways, I think that, you know, they're looking at the NBA Finals is almost over, you know, summertime, free agency, draft is coming up in about, you know, two or three weeks. So from a business perspective, they had to, if they're going to do something with Colangelo, they either had to keep him or let him go right now so you can get somebody in place and prepare to hit the ground running for the draft and summer free agency and how do you manage the players. So, I mean, I think right now it's kind of funny because this is the guy that always constructed the, you know, the team USA's and he constructed some damn good team USA's. So, I mean, um, a lot of people knew him, a lot, a lot of people had faith in him um, about his wife doing a burner account sounds a little fishy. That was so, <laughs> but we'll go with that. <laughs> but I think that the Sixers, they, you know, they, uh, it didn't seem like they really wanted to. So, so they definitely did their due diligence, I'm assuming. But I think they had to. And now you just basically try to hire somebody in. I know some names have been out there. It's been um, um, Griffin from um, – they got let go from the, um, the Cavs, which then brings possibly LeBron into play. Um, um, then you have, um, I think it was the, um, the, um, the vice GM from Boston who they originally went for before they got Hanky. So he might be in play. So, I mean, there's some definitely some names out there. So, um, like I said, I think they needed to do it now. They need to get a fresh face in there for the summertime. So you get it now, get your people in place, hit the ground running. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, I also thought um, first thing that came to my mind was definitely David Griffin um, when you said when they did that deal. Um, two things. Um, the whole thing with the burner account, uh, somebody has it in for Brian Colangelo. Um, he's still a great GM. He was a top executive for like two years in the NBA. Um, so I really believe that he will have <clears> – <throat> it won't be long before – he may take a year off. I, will, I really believe it won't be long before he becomes a consultant for another NBA team down the road. Um, I just think that <clears throat> from this standpoint, it's a lesson learned. Um, but somebody definitely had it in for him for all this stuff to be leaked out. So it is what it is. It's a business decision. You know, move on. And hope Philadelphia can bounce back from it. Um, I don't think the, the players will lose trust now that they know that they're – um, organization is going to, you know, handle it the way that they handled it. I thought it took a little bit longer with them, you know, not letting him go or parting ways with Colangelo. But all in all, I think they did the right thing. All right. And last but not least, um, let me just make sure we are right. Oh, yeah. Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman wide receiver, New England Patriots, coming off that nasty injury. Uh, pop before games for PEDs. Will this hurt or slow down the Patriots' dominance in this upcoming anniversary? Nope. Unless, unless the man himself is going to stay in the south of France throwing footballs to, um, you know, Grand Prix Auto players for, you know, in Monaco, then I say no. <laughs> and that's funny. Everybody's at OTAs, and this guy is over there at, 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 a, 
at a car race over in Monaco tossing footballs to people or from one yacht to the next. How funny is that tossing from one big yacht to a smaller yacht tossing the football? And the man that won the race actually caught the ball. Hey, I guess when you uh, – with your Tom Brady, Tom Terrific. Captain America. You can do things like that. Yeah. But, um, this 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 it's not even gonna be newsworthy by the time the season starts. Um I think there's gonna be a lot of other things that's gonna happen um when the season starts that's gonna overtake this. And it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if it wasn't Tom Brady, then it doesn't slow down the Patriots. Hey, I, think I, I agree. They got a lot more issues going on right about now than uh, Edelman getting popped four games. And they'll plug somebody else in and the machine keeps rolling. Maybe they could go back and get bring in Tara Owens. Uh, uh, <laughs> Have him start crying. Oh, man, the X. Get Dex. Yes. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's smart enough to handle those complex routes. You see what Chad just when uh, Ocho Cinco went there, he looked like a deer in headlights. He didn't get it. <laughs> he just couldn't get it. Bouncing wide receiver, just couldn't get it. All right, fellas. Uh, you know, we do apologize to everybody out there. You know, we experienced some technical difficulties, so kind of cut it short here a little bit. But we'll be back in full effect next week. You know, uh, running down the. Uh, all of the epic uh, failures of the Cleveland Cavaliers, because by that point, I'm sure they'll be out of the NBA championship. So I'm putting a whole solid shiny nickel to say that they're going to lose <laughs> tomorrow night. Well, you, you, know, you can drive up about an hour to Delaware, go to Dover Downs, put a little bit of money on it now. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my luck, they win. <laughs> That's the type of luck I have. So I will, uh, I will uh, put my nickel down on the table and say, hey, this is what I'm betting. But, fellas, to everybody out there, let folks know where they can reach us so they can let us know how they, they like us and give us ideas and stuff. Well, uh, okay. Well, um, you can find me hanging out with Terrell Owens, wherever he's going to be at, um, instead of the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, but on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. You can find me hanging out with Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, the new, 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 new world order. <laughs> on the gram and Snapchat at J.E. Ross, number seven. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So thank you to everybody out there. We really appreciate your support. Uh, please keep the questions and the responses coming in, the, the suggestions, uh, all the kind of words. We really, truly appreciate it. And until next time, fellas, we really appreciate you guys checking with the guys out before. One. God bless. <laughs>